Uh, one of my personal favorites, sending pictures of souvenirs acquired during play can always be fun. I have a term for that. I call it not passing the sunlight test. So, you know, what seemed like a good idea last night doesn't feel so good in the cold light of day. That's right, it's time to get sexy. I'm here with Tanya Coons. For Let's Talk About Sex. Morning, Tanya. Morning, Maya. It's so good to be here. Now we are back and I was saying a little bit earlier today that our topic aftercare is something that I've never really fully considered, uh, I guess maybe extensively or more than once, but I'm excited to be talking about it today because I think it's not only important, but also really interesting. Absolutely. And yeah, I think you're right. It was really good that you said that because a lot of people are like, what? What is that? Mm. You know, and it doesn't really cross their minds. A whole bunch of other things do, consent, negotiating, talking about stuff, but aftercare seems to be a little bit lesser known. Yeah. Now, if you're listening and scratching your head, uh, well, let me fill you in. Here on Let's Talk About Sex, we've talked a lot about foreplay and sex in all of its different uh, forms, be that with different styles or with kinks and so much that is really too long to list at this point. But we've never really talked about what you should do or what really happens after you've had, say, a big orgasm or what you should really be doing after that, um, depending on the style of play that's led to it. So we're talking about aftercare today and I wanted to ask Tanya right off the bat, what is it for? What What is it? What do you need to know that it's for? Give us a short and sweet version. A short and sweet. Okay, well, well, basically it does what it says on the box. It's a check-in after something has happened, be it a sex scene, a kink scene, and when I was thinking about this today, I think you can apply to after, aftercare to just about everything, to a gym session, to a picnic, to a serious conversation with your friends, to, yeah, a, a particularly great or intense orgasm. Anything you like, it's checking in to see how people are after the experience. Hmm. And it's a term gifted from the kink and BDSM community. Why is it so important in those circles especially? Oh, wow. Um, I just love that the kink and BDSM community plus the sex worker community are the cutting edge folks of communication around sex, consent, aftercare, all things good. Um, in kink circles, in these communities, uh, play can involve some really intense physical and mental play. So aftercare is designed for people to regain equilibrium after, after kink or BDSM play. So sometimes people come out of play disoriented. They can be in a trance-like state, euphoric. They could be quietly processing. They could be high as a kite. <laughs> so coming back into yourself is important. And the people who can get aftercare, well, you can get aftercare after a great scene, after a good scene, after a meh scene, or even after a bad scene, right? Anybody can get it. Uh, the players, the people being done to, the people doing the doing, and even the observers, because a lot of different things can be happening there. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of people, you know, like the first time they've been a top or a dom, 
do something intense, they are literally as high as a kite. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that, and flying high. And then there's a drop. It's known as top drop. Um, and you can also get people who float off into subspace. So they're kind of like in a dreamlike trance. And maybe it's not good to get in your car and drive straight away then or mm. have an important conversation with somebody. So this is what we mean about getting equilibrium again. And, and the aftercare can be a lot of different things. People need to work out what they like, but it can be as simple as hydration, have some water, uh, wrapped up in a blanket, maybe lying down quietly while you process that or come back down to earth. It could be a debrief now, tomorrow, or in a week. It could be a debrief with the person you played with or the observers, a friend or somebody not there. It could be getting hugs or cuddles. Uh, it could be daily check-ins for a little while. Uh, one of my personal favourites, sending pictures of souvenirs acquired during play can always be fun. There's there's a lot of things uh, that you can do. It's really limited only by your, your needs. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned in that answer this idea of a top drop. What is yes. what is that? What is like a post-sex or a scene drop? And is that a biological thing or is it just purely social, psychological? I uh, I was thinking about that. I think it's both, a bit of column A and a bit of column B, right? So when you do something, think about when you've done something exciting, you know, won a race or a competition or you've jumped out of a plane or off a bridge or you've achieved a goal. How did you feel? Did you get a rush of emotions? You know, I often... Yeah, I often think, you know, I want to go and tell people, oh, rah, 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 this, I did this, I did that, this really good thing happened and there'll be an intensity with it or you'll be sitting there having a huge rush of feelings and that, that can be on a not good thing as well, you mm. know, ever been humiliated by someone, what happens there? You get quite an intense rush of feelings. There might be shame, there might be stigma and we'll get to that. So there is a, a sort of rush uh, for, for everybody, it can be for the people receiving, but often people receiving, um, it's, it's funny because I, I started learning about this stuff because I went to a party and I saw Shibari for the first time, which was people tying each other up with rope. And I was like, that's very beautiful. And somebody used the term rope drunk. And I went, Whoa. excuse me, what? Yeah. And I'm, I have just, I don't know, I'm very interested in altered states, however you get there. Um, and ritual and meditation and all sorts of things. You know, sex being transcendent, a bunch of stuff. So I was like, ding, rope drunk, what is this? Uh, so it is, it's kind of like subspace where people float off into a trance. What's happening to them? Their mind stills, their body stills, and they float off into this dreamy, dreamy place and they're less aware of what's going on around them. And a lot, a lot of folks who play in that space are sort of like, this has been really great for my anxiety. Mm. I feel really present. I feel really relaxed. It might look really freaky that somebody's tying me up or, you know, beating me or or doing weird things with flicky sticks or whatever. (laughs) Um, But I'm having a really interesting experience of peacefulness in my body. So what looks externally as maybe violent or jarring um, can actually be very loving and very containing for people but again so you can be high or you can be floaty so coming back to equilibrium it's kind of like you know even the work that i do in counseling 
we can take people to very full-on emotional states, but there's no way that I'm going to go, and thank you for coming, goodbye, and throw them out into the street after that. We've got to pack everything up nicely so that people are safe and they feel okay, and maybe I need to check in with them and, and put them in a way that they can be back out in the world. So this is that equilibrium that we mentioned. Hmm. It's pretty important. And the social psychological Oh my goodness! You know, I think we're gonna we're gonna come to some of the things that can happen uh, for us there as we progress with the segment. Um, but something that is maybe not as positive in that space is, you know, a very real feeling for many people when they do have sex is that afterwards they experience feelings of shame. And I wanted to ask you, Tanya, why do you think that might happen? Well, um, we need to do like a 15-hour show, I mm. think, to cover that answer. But um, I think just, you know, there's a lot of stigma about sex in general out in society. So a lot of people think that it's a bad, dirty, naughty, nasty thing. I remember when you and I first met, we were referring to sex as naughty and mm. I was like, oh, I'm doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see how prevalent it is. Um, so I think... There's the general sort of structural oppression that we live under that sex is bad, okay, unless you have it a certain way prescribed by certain people. But there are also things, you know, we might do things that seem really hot in the moment, but maybe they're not in general. And I, I recall seeing a very famous sex educator, Melina Williams, who's a person of colour. She always uh, she has a website. Uh, it's definitely worth going to have a look at for kink education. What does she call herself? The perverted negress. It ain't just the hair that's kinky. <laughs> and she's hilarious. And she said, you know, I can't find anybody to act out a slavery scene with me in a dungeon because I'm black and because the majority of people in the kink world seem to be white uh, and they just couldn't do it. So this is before, but uh, she had some success with people doing that. And then afterwards, the aftercare was really intense because they felt bad for saying racially motivated things. Mm -hmm. So some people might like to be humiliated in the moment and you might be a fantastically obliging top dom partner uh, to do that. But when you, when, you know, when the dust settles, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I called the person I love most in the world, you know, a filthy hoe, whatever it was that you called. Um, hitting somebody, you know, we don't really, do that out in the real world so doing that in the bedroom even if it's been negotiated can cause some dissonance with people uh, a lot of people actually they're just like wow I had this thing and I felt amazing and and now that all the dust is settled I feel like the worst person in the world right so even if someone's like oh how that was so great I love what you did this is you know and they're excited you could still be having some distress about that and, you know, some folk like to get dressed up in diapers and have somebody look after them when they soil themselves, right? Often very high-powered folks are into things like that. And I can imagine for people, particularly when starting out, there'd be a fair amount of ruminating afterwards and some pretty emotion, pretty interesting emotions for people to traverse, mm. right? So imagine being a top or a dom and your first beating or spanking. It, you could be as high as a kite because you did it, uh, but imagine the next day, oh, dear Lord, I spanked someone till their butt turned purple or I can't believe I said the things that I did when I was playing. So the tops need as much care as the bottoms. You know, it's edgy business playing around the darker edges of social fabric. Mm. I guess 
it's just so interesting to think about because of exactly that, like that idea of afterwards being washed over with a different set of emotions or being in a completely state of mind. And I want to give a shout out to our producer, Jenna, who brought up this next question that is kind of related to that, where a lot of um, her friends who are male identifying people have expressed guilt and shame uh, following sex due to this thing called post-nut clarity which I wanted to ask if you thought might be the result of a calm down that happens after you've had an orgasm? Um, I am not familiar with the term post-nut <laughs> Thank you, Jenna. Awesome questions always. Um, is that regretting it the next day? I've got a feeling that that's, that's what, what we're meaning. I think so. Uh, yeah, I have a term for that. I call it not passing the sunlight test. So, you know, what seemed like a good idea last night doesn't feel so good in the cold light of day. Mm. Um, so this can be really serious. It may be that they felt they were coerced into sex or to sexual activities that they didn't really want to do. That's very serious and needs addressing. Um, maybe it's sex with someone you didn't really like or you don't want to see again. So you feel a bit embarrassed or a bit ashamed. Maybe it's breakup sex. You know, sometimes it might be thinking about a sex or a play thing that occurred and you're you're running into yourself for your ideas of yourself and fearing that others might find out about it. What if the bank manager finds out what I do on the weekend? You know, what what if, what if the ladies, the other mothers at school know what my husband and I got up to <laughs> on the weekend? A lot of people worry about that sort of stuff. Mm. So I think it, that's sort of like, oh, geez, I've got a different lens on today and uh, it's not as sexy as it was last night. Hmm. We've been going through uh, some of the impacts uh, physically, psychologically and more and Tanya, I'm going to shift gear for a moment because I think something that comes into play with aftercare is the idea that some people think that if they're having non-kinky or quote-unquote extravagant or vanilla sex that they might think that aftercare is not necessarily necessary but how can adding that into you know I don't want to call it a routine but I guess it's a routine or how can adding aftercare improve your sex life or your relationships with people yeah, I guess you could call it a practice you know sometimes you know we we try to do things more and more frequently um, and as I was thinking about this, I was just thinking it is a practice because it's like meditation or it's like thinking about things or like doing some exercise. They're good for just about everything. You can check in with people after a date, after playing sport. You know, you fell over and heard something crunch to you. I would definitely be like, hey, how's your knee? You know, I, I saw that it didn't go well on the field. Um, definitely be checking in after kink play. I've checked in with folks after they've attended workshops because sometimes they weren't expecting to get what they got. Um, check in with people after sex. How are you doing? That was intense, wasn't it? Are you all right? How are you making sense of that? Really good one to check in after is an argument, having an argument with somebody or having a serious conversation. It's like, I just want to double back and see how you're doing there. You know, that was a pretty hectic conversation or hectic fight that we had. Are you Okay. That's a check-in, hmm. right? That's that's, uh, that's aftercare. 
Um, and sometimes after you've introduced people to friends or family, they might need some aftercare. I know folks definitely do when they meet my family. So <laughs> doubling back and it's like, yeah, how'd you cope with that? Was that all right? You know, are you feeling okay? What, you know, do you need anything? Right? All that sort of stuff. It's really, really easy to do that. Really, really easy. I think that's one of my favourite things about this segment is getting to talk about things that maybe feel like they make sense in just the bedroom or quote unquote in just the bedroom. But the skills and things that we talk about extend to so much more than just that and to so many different uh, facets of your life or your relationships with people. So how do you think you can incorporate those practices of aftercare more into your own lives in the sex space well yeah i think you're right you know we talk it's a lot about pleasure i was talking to people on the weekend about pleasure and um it's not just for the bedroom it's for everything and it can be our barometer mm. for right so if and, and human beings naturally seek out pleasure so if we can make that safe to do or we can follow up after it may or may not have gone well um those kinds of things are really important and they enhance the pleasure right, which is, you know, pleasure activists here. That's what I'm all about, mm. right? If we want to incorporate aftercare um, more into our sex lives, checking in with our lovers, really, it's quite simple. It's like we could be checking in at the time or we could be asking, hey, are you okay if I check in on you tomorrow? Oh, whoa, this has been pretty intense. Is there anything you need to take care of yourself right now or in the coming days? How could I be of assistance, right? And how can you check in? You can check in via text, via email, in person, a phone call, maybe even do an interpretive dance. It depends on you. <laughs> now, if someone listening is considering taking on some more aftercare uh, practices into their lives. What are some good tips for aftercare? We've spoke a little bit about a few things, but you wanted to talk specifically about communication. Yeah, I think you need to check the timing and the method of aftercare. So it's got to be agreed. It's a negotiated thing. Ask your partner what they would like. Don't assume. You know, some people love a chatty debrief and other people like silent cuddles or to be wrapped up in a blanket in the corner. Or some folks like to debrief with somebody who wasn't even at the scene, hmm. right? They just want to go, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk to you because you just beat me black and blue and I love you, but no, we're not talking about that. Or, or some folks might only want to talk to people who've been observing because people outside of the scene might be like, what the actual fuck are you doing? Uh, so it's it's important to get the context and to get safe people to debrief with. I know that there are some parties that are run by folks and they have pre-party workshops. So they teach consent and negotiation and they teach some basic kink rules as well and skills. And then the day after the party, they run a debrief session as aftercare. It's really, really good modelling of good behaviour. Um, but we we talked about some other things. Hydration, make sure people are drinking. Check in. Some folks like to um, send photos of their souvenirs. Uh, it, or they might be horrified, right? So you really want to check on that. And then there are some questions that you can ask. How are you feeling? How are you making sense of it all? How's your body doing right now? Are you having any shame or fear? 
Are you worried about anything? What did you enjoy about the scene? It doesn't all have to be negative there. And my very favourite question, what could make this even better? Better.